Good, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Craig Affon. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, October 22nd, and today we're reading from the big book, um, and we're on page 63, the first whole paragraph there, which says, when we sincerely took such a position, and I'm reading one paragraph. Um, Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Naomi B., 12 traditions, Larry K. is going to cover, Reader one, Nancy P., uh, the reader number two, Anita L., newcomer greeters, Jody E., and the host is Rebecca P. for the second hour. Um, the reference numbers for the previous day, for t- yesterday, uh, 7 a.m., are 13548-13548. And for the 10 o'clock meeting yesterday, the reference number is 13551, 13,551. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'm now going to ask Naomi B. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Craig. Can you hear me okay? Yes, fine. Thank you. Thank you, my dear. Good morning, family. This is Naomi B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admit we're powerless over food that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove all these our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, understand him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry it out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. All right, thank you. Now I'm going to ask Larry Kay to read the 12 Traditions. 
Good morning, Craig. Thanks for your service. Uh, the 12 mm -hmm. traditions, um, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as we, under, as we may express, uh, as he may express himself in our group conscience, our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compul uh, compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside uh, enterprise, less promise of money, prop, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, o every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers uh, may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible for those they serve or to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be uh, drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks. Thanks, Larry. Appreciate it. All right. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 63, the first paragraph that starts, when we sincerely took such a position. I'm going to ask um, Nancy P. to begin. Nancy? Hi, Craig. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Okay, perfect. Uh, when we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer. Being all-powerful, he provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, as we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. Okay, let me just start my timer.
this is Nancy P. from Newton, Massachusetts, just outside of Boston, and I'm a grateful um, compulsive overeater today. So this paragraph, the entire thing, um, is actually the embodiment of the promises of the entire 12 steps. I mean, I, I was as I was looking at this while I was waiting to, to read, I thought to myself, that's the truth for me. And I thought of it as, um, you know, like stars collapse and then they explode and go supernova. That's what this paragraph is for me. I mean, when you think about it, it's the entire 12 steps, all of them, all of them reach to this, to this point. He provided what we needed if, there's the promise, we kept close to him, steps 10 and 11, and, not or, and performed his work well, step 12. That's what we all, that's what I worked for all through the first, you know, all through these steps, but to reach this point. So we became less interested in seeing what we could um, get for ourselves and more interested in what we could contribute to life. So we became less self-centered. In the previous paragraph, it's the death of ourselves, you know, the death of self-centeredness. In this paragraph, you know, we sincerely took such a position. I was desperate. That's my new thing. Like, that's how I've defined it. It's morphed into that over the past couple of years. Um, I wasn't willing. I was desperate. Desperate to do everything. Desperate to grow spiritually. Desperate to work these steps. Desperate, desperate, desperate. And, you know, I remember the first time that I um, went through these steps in the big book step study method, I was talking to a guy in my group and I said, boy, it feels really good. I can't explain it. It's, you know, and I went on and on about how I felt, you know, new power flow in. I'm enjoying more peace of mind and discovering I could face life successfully, all that. Um, and he nodded his head and said, yeah, we were reborn. And that reminds me of when, um, you know, I had my first baby and I said, geez, all it, all he does is sleep. And my husband said, yeah, it's hard work being born. And, um, you know, I've worked hard to, to get, <clears throat> excuse me, to get through these steps and to recover. And I work hard at it every single day. Um, but the payoff is exactly what they say. There's no, it's not a shadow of what they say. It's not more than what they say. It's exactly what they say. New power flows in. I enjoy peace of mind. I've discovered I can face life successfully. And I've become um, conscious of uh, my higher power's presence. And I've begun to lose my fear of today, tomorrow, and the hereafter. I mean, I was a quivering bowl of jello all the time. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm so afraid. I'd cry at night in bed and my husband would have to hold me and say, I'll take care of you. I don't need that anymore. I don't, I'm not afraid anymore. I mean, I have fear, but I know what to do. It tells me right here, steps 10 and 11 and step 12. It's all about surrender. Once I did that, I mean, I sincerely took such a position. I was desperate to take such a position. I didn't want to, um, whoops, I'll wrap up. Um, I didn't want to, um, uh, you know, go back to the way that I was. And um, with that, I'll pass. Craig, star one, please. We don't hear you, Craig. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, this is Craig. If we're uh, if you haven't shared in the last couple of days, we ask you to uh, to we invite you to come forward and share. And if you have shared in the last couple of days, we ask you to hold back and let some other people have a chance. So, who would like to share on the paragraphs that were just read? Uh, 
Harlan G. Elizabeth D. Anita L. Paula H. Was that Carla H? Yes. Yeah, all right. Kelly S. And Kelly S. Okay, I've got my six. Thank you. I've got Harlan, uh, Elizabeth, Anita, uh, Carla, Beth, and Kelly S. So um, go ahead, Harlan. Good morning. Good morning, Craig. Thanks for your service. I'm Harlan G. Also, thank you to Team Tuesday, sorry, for making this magnificent meeting possible. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. On page 570 of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, 4th edition, in Appendix 3, it says, Alcoholics Anonymous are no crusaders, not a temperance society. They know that they must never drink. They help others with similar problems. In this atmosphere, the alcoholic often overcomes his excessive concentration upon himself, learning to depend upon a higher power and absorb himself in his work with other alcoholics. He remains sober day by day. The days add up to weeks, the weeks into months and years. As was just stated, when we sincerely took such a position, what position is that? The position is that I am not going to be sitting here obsessively concentrating upon poor Harlan and what Harlan needs and wants and desires. When I, I, when I take the approach that says, I'm going to do God's work, but I'm not going to do God's job, he is going to be the director, he is the principal, I am the agent. He is the father. I am the, ch I am the child. He is going to take care of me. I just need to do my work. I need to do his work. Excuse me. I need to do his work. He provides for me. He sees to it that I have what I need. I'm 65 years old. I did not make a ton of money in my life, but I made enough to get by. My bills are paid. I don't have a retirement in sight, unfortunately, but one day at a time, one week at a time, one month at a time, one year at a time, I have everything I need and a little more. I have a life today that is worth living. I have a life today that includes the most precious commodities imaginable, friendship, Recovery, faith, peace, abundance, gratitude, abstinence, and those things are not achievable in my life through self-will, through self-pity, or through self-obsession. The only way I can come to those things is through doing God's work well, God's work, not God's job. What's the difference? The difference is when I do God's work, I am not judging nor am I deciding who should do what or what should do who. I'm doing his work by not expecting a return, by not expecting a result. I have let go of expectations. I do not have a quid pro quo life. I'm going to do this for you. You're going to do this for uh-uh. No. I do 
with no expectation of return. And by the way, in closing, let me say this. I have released over 500 pounds since the beginning. I can walk and live. And I have released that happily. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Harlan. Next, we have Elizabeth, and that'll be, she'll be followed by Anita L. Elizabeth? Yes. Hi. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Okay. Thanks, Craig. And thanks for your service this morning. Um, <clears throat> when we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things happened. By the way, I'm Elizabeth D., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in the Boston area. We had a new employer. Being all-powerful, he provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. Uh, I love this paragraph. It's, it's really among my favorite in the entire book because the transition from the previous paragraph to this one is so profound, as we heard earlier. Um, it does embody for me the spiritual awakening that I have experienced as a result of working these steps in entire abstinence. Um, and my journey through this uh, process of working these steps in entire abstinence has not been a straight line. And there have been uh, the first time that I found um, this way of working the program, and I've been in a way for 30 years, when I found this way of working the program uh, the first time in 2015, I had a spiritual awakening. And it was extraordinary, and I felt that new sense of power. I felt his presence. I began to, I did lose my fear of today, tomorrow, and hereafter. I felt reborn, and my life was working. And then I forgot this paragraph, this sentence up here. If we kept close to him and performed his work well. That's what I lost. What happened to me was I didn't do, I stopped doing 10, 11, and 12. I didn't even think really that 10, 11, and 12 was necessary. My, spon my sponsor, my step teacher was telling me that I should set up a scaffolding in my life for steps 10, 11, and 12, but I didn't take it seriously. And within a year, I was back into the food, worse than ever. So I take very, very seriously these words, if we keep close to him and performed his work well. I have to do the work every single day. I, and if I do the work every single day, this, comes, this paragraph comes true for me over and over. And of course, yes, there are days when I have to say, okay, you've got to go do some 11-step work here, Elizabeth. Or, geez, you know, you need to take on um, somebody new to teach the big book. Um, you know, you, you can't go more than two weeks without taking somebody through the big book. It's just a given for me. I have to keep close to him and perform his work well. And this paragraph continues to unfold for me in a way I never imagined. And my, the peace and serenity becomes greater and greater and greater as I stay with it one day at a time. And um, as, a, as a chronic relapser, I got to tell you, um, this is a miracle in my life. And I'm very grateful and I'll pass. All right, thanks, Elizabeth. Next we have Anita, followed by Carla, and followed by Beth W. So, Anita L., your turn. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia. Thank you, Craig. Um, mm -hmm. 
I wanted to share on this today for a couple reasons. Um, when we sincerely took a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. So the position that I finally became desperate enough to uh, be willing to do was get out of the way, recognize the fact that I also am a chronic relapser and that I can't do it and that I must every day do everything that it, that is suggested in this book to keep a recovered way of life. And so one year ago today, thank you, God, one year, I surrendered. And that's the other reason why I wanted to share, to give hope to others, that it can be done for you too. What I did was from my toes all the way up through my being, my soul, I recognized the fact that I must surrender. There's no playing around anymore because I could die. And I ask God to take all of me. And my higher power did. And one day at a time, I have been abstinent for one year. And my life is just amazing. You know, I live in the fourth dimension. It's not uh, super wonderful every day, of course. Um, now that the food is down, the character defects occasionally do come up. And that happened a few days ago, and I worked through it, and I made an amend. And, you know, I did my work, and I am granted the gifts, all these beautiful promises. And so if it can happen for me, it can happen for you. Anyone who is still struggling, please hang in there. Keep coming back. It can work. The difference is for today, I recognize the fact that I must do it all, and I do. I really do. And that's why God is granting me the this beautiful gift of recovery for today. And part of that recovery is a weight loss. And today, when I get on the scale, my weight is the lowest it has ever been in my adult life. That is a miracle. As well as my peace of mind, not acting out on my character defects to the best of my ability, and living with my higher power. Together we can do what I can never do alone. So thank you. I, I pass. Well, thank you, Anita, and congratulations on your year. Um, next up, we have yeah. Car. Next, thank you. Next up, we have Carla and Beth, and then we're going to have a special announcement. Uh, okay. Carla. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, mm -hmm. What really stood out to me is, is um, the sentence: as we became conscious of His presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, and hereafter. We were reborn. When I look at this, I basically um, get chills because I'm working through the steps for the first time out of the 15 years in and out of the program. Um, I just really, you know, didn't really get it. Um, 
And um, this had, you know, just working through the steps have really helped me become aware of God and see, um, just see how the steps in a big book um, is spiritual because it took 12 years for me to be able to really understand that and just to see the spiritual um, aspects of the big book. So I'm just really grateful just to be able to, um, you know, see his presence and begin to come closer to him so I can lose my fears and just be able to um, have a program and work it um, entirely absent. And I just uh, thank you for this time. Okay, thank you. Bye. All right. Thank you, Carla. Next up, we have Beth Debbia. That's going to She's going to be followed by a special announcement, and then we'll have Kelly S. Beth? Hi, good morning, Craig. This is Beth W. from North Dakota. Thank you for your service and everybody um, today who's making this meeting happen for all of us. Um, when we took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things happened. And um, I was I was um, reading this with somebody else, and, and I was reminded that it's like when I'm hired for a new job, I don't get to be in charge. Um, um, the God of my understanding is now in charge um, and I have to step aside and, and let go of all control. And that, um, and that connects to the paragraph prior to this. But um, I was reminded that um, when, when I'm not the manager, the manager gets to decide the plan and I do the work um, when I'm not in charge. And that means outcomes are not my business. I don't get to decide how things are going to to settle out and and that that I'm not in the management business anymore and and since I'm not in the management business, I don't have to be responsible for the outcome. I have to do the work um, that's laid out in front of me and do it to the best of my ability and so um, you know these are promises and and every step has promises and i I was really struck by how the promises that we could feel the power flow in, enjoy peace of mind, discover we could face life successfully, be conscious of God's presence, and, and lose fear of today, tomorrow, and hereafter. What beautiful promises those are. And um, just like other promises that we see in the book, these come sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. Um, but often it's only when I look back at my life that I think, oh, yeah, that's happening to me too. And I see them in other people who are recovered. Um, and, and I just have to just be gentle and listen and look and see how that happens for me too. And it all comes back to reminding myself that I am not in control. I'm not in control of this world I just do my work, like stay in my lane, inside my hula hoop, do what I'm supposed to do, where my hands and feet are, and what God calls me to do. And so um, then I can see those promises start to flow in. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Beth. All right. Next, we're going to have a special announcement from Russ M., and then Kelly S. will be up, and then we'll take some new names. Russ? Good morning, Craig. Man, I don't know if I should uh, sing. I, I'm so excited. We're family. I'm juiced up. I got energy. I can't contain myself because in 24 days, we're approaching the primo, the number one, the creme de la creme, the weekend of all weekends. 
the Power of Big Book Weekend 2019, November 15th to the 17th. Marriott Hotel Convention Center, Liberty International Airport. Whew, I'm so man, I got chest pain all, all over my body. I can't I can't contain myself. I'm so excited. It's going to be great, but see, time is of the essence. Because you got 48 hours, you got two days. October 24th, registration closes. So you got to get up on a vision for you. Get on that registration page. Get your registration because you're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be hype. It's going to be off the hook. It's going to be jumping, pumping, and the big book's going to be pumping. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great weekend. And the Renaissance Hotel, not far from the Marriott, they got rooms priced just for us. They got a limo service, door to door. You won't have to bet, worry about getting anywhere. Just for a vision for you fellows. I, I'm so excited. And, you know, I'm glad I lay off the caffeine. Whew. But let me say this to you. When it's all said and done, the dust settles. And that weekend is over. Your mind's going to be blown and your program's going to be grown. So you need to come. You need to bring somebody. Get on the phone. Call somebody. Be with 800 of some of your great friends. You're going to put the name, the face, the first initial, the last name. All of it's going to come together. And you're going to be with people that speak the language of the heart. You won't want to miss it. Have a great day. I love you guys. Okay, Russ, thank you for that announcement. Look forward to seeing everybody there in a few weeks. All right, next up we have Kelly S., and then we'll take some new names. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, Craig. It's Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Eater and Bulimic in Oklahoma. Dang, that guy's on fire. I don't know how to follow that enthusiasm. <laughs> um, so thanks, Russ. It's pretty amazing. Okay, so back to the paragraph. Um, Oh, my gosh, I really am so grateful we're on this paragraph today. Um, obviously, there's a reason we do this work all the time, and I, I really, I've loved all the shares, but Nancy, I was really grateful that you brought out that this has all the um, promises. This is it right here in this paragraph, and um, all sorts of remarkable things have been following for the last four and a half years of my life that I had completely given up hope would ever happen for me since I've been around these rooms forever, and like other people share, you know, that the desperation got me to doing the work. So now here I am living in 10 and 11 and 12, growing hopefully in 10, 11 and 12. And, you know, I love that people have emphasized this part. Uh, if we kept close to him and performed his work well. And, you know, so in the big picture of, of, of my life today, I am, I am living in that fourth dimension and this paragraph I am living in, but you know, as we know, and as I'm finding out, which I know this sounds crazy guys, but, I'm almost 57, and I didn't understand life would ebb and flow. I've never had any, I don't think I've ever actually had recovery. I've had periods of abstinence, and I didn't understand that, you know, life would ebb and flow. I thought it would be a lot easier. <laughs> so I know these things crop up, and, and I'm seeing that. So yeah, I've had a lot of fear recently, and I'm finding myself getting into self-pity and, and uh, morbid reflection. And and I was talking with somebody yesterday, and then I think it's not, it is not odd that we're on this paragraph about, about this because then what happens, I'm realizing, so what's going on? I have to ask myself, you know, I have these fears cropping up. You know, am I keeping close to God? Where's my God in this? Am I leading close to God? And, and am I performing his work well? You know what? I can't do this program by road. You know, my, 
the person I called, she was like, you know, sometimes we got to make it fresher, you know, and what's going on in my prayer and meditation and am I working with others? And I think about Bill's story, it was always an important paragraph to me that he talked about that he would have ways of self-pity and resentment and um, depression and that work with another always. I mean, he says it always brings him out of it. And so what I have to remember when I find myself in these places, even with four and a half years, is looking at my program, making it fresh, continuing to do work every day. And I am reborn. And what's the, what's the gift here? I have the awareness today. I have the willingness. I want to be a different person. I'm taking the action. I'm living and growing in these steps, you know, and I'm doing the work. I'm continuing to keep the food down, still having neutrality. Don't want to get back to that place, that's for sure. But I want that peace, and, I, and today, you know, I, I can do that, and I can enjoy this peace of mind as long as I'm willing to stay in a place of surrender and action and honesty. And with that, I share. Thank you. All right, Pat. Thank you, Craig, for your service. All right. Thank you, Kelly. Good share. Okay. We're now ready to take some new names. Uh, who else would like to share on this paragraph? We're on page 63, the first paragraph. Well, I have Larry. Roz G. <clears throat> Linda D. Melissa C. Oh, Ginger C. All right. I, Janice I, all, PM. All, I, uh, all right. Hold on. All I have so far is Roz, Ginger, and Janice PM. Larry? Melissa okay, C. I got you, Larry. Melissa? Linda D. Linda E. Barbara. Okay, that's going to be good for right now, Barbara. I have Roz, Ginger, Janice, Larry, Melissa, uh, Brenda, and Barbara. So let's go. Roz, you're up. Good morning, everybody. My name's Roz G. I'm a compulsive overeater in Palmdale, California. Uh, so many things, have, remarkable things have happened to me over the years, even though I've had a lot of relapses. I still have experienced um, a lot of uh, beautiful powerful, amazing things in my life. It has improved so much. And um, uh, one particular example happened to me yesterday. I mean, I'm hearing all the wonderful things that have people have, uh, that have happened to people. And I just want to share one particular thing that happened to me. So um, I've been uh, like really fully clean, honestly, honestly absent since July the 10th. And um, I've been doing exactly what my sponsor asked me to do. Uh, and, you know, part of what she asks me to do is to make outreach calls and, and, and be really a part of things instead of apart from, a part of, you know, and really, you know, seeing what I can contribute. So when I go to work now, my attitude has changed. It's, okay, God. What can I do for you today? How am I going to treat my students? And how am I going to um, respect my new boss that I don't really care for very much? But you know what? She's in that position. How am I going to be uh, respectful to her and help her in her new job? You know, it must not. I think about how she feels being new and having a bunch of negative people, you know, work around. It, it changes my attitude. But anyway. Yesterday, my dog was limping. It was like the second day in a row. I figured maybe he sprained his foot or something. And I waited a day because whenever I think about going to the vet, 
I get fearful because, you know, the, the charges. And so um, I saw him limping again, and I was like, I'm taking him to the vet. So I immediately um, uh, texted a tenth step to one of my partners, and I said, I'm in financial fear. I'm afraid my dog's going to be hurt or whatever. And she texted me back, you know, uh, we're, let, I'll join you in your prayers. So I took him, and it was expensive, but I feel so much better that, you know, he got what he needed. And um, then I texted her again <laughs> for, you know, to kind of bookend. And I said, uh, as I was driving home from the vet, I said, God, I'm trusting an infinite God and not my finite self that you will take care of the situation. I get home and my son says, well, how'd it go? And we tell, he said, how much was it? I told him. And the next thing I know, I get this, a Zelle, a Venmo or Zelle, whatever it is nowadays from my son for the exact cost of the vet. And he says, you've been paying for me all these years and you've been paying vet bills. I wanted to help you. And so my son paid the vet bill. So that's just one example of things that happen because of what I'm doing in this program, not thinking of me, myself, and I. And I am reborn because I, um, I, I, I really got step one. I believe I got it this time. And how powerless I am over so many things with food and my attitude and my desires. All righty. Thank you for letting me share. Bye-bye. I mean, All right. I, Thanks, uh, Ross. All right. Next up, we have Ginger. Uh, Ginger C. Ginger? Yeah. Hi. Good morning, Craig. Thank you so much for your service. This is Ginger C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And I'm just looking at the bottom um, of this paragraph when it says, we began to lose our fear. And um, God, my entire life was just this constant state of fear and anxiety, especially after my mom left our house. That left shoe was always dropping, and life was just so scary. And I hated it, and I didn't want to be in it. And I just would go on day after day, worrying, living in this constant state, this tension, this fear. I remember my dad would say, you know why you're picking at your fingers again? And it was just because of the worry. It just had to come out. And um, and I ate and I ate, and I ate, and I would sit in front of the TV, and I would watch cartoon after cartoon after cartoon because I just didn't want to be in my skin, and I wanted to be anywhere but here. And see these promises, and to see that they're really real. I really didn't even think this book, I thought maybe some of it comes true, but not all of it. And it just still blows my mind that despite Having the pain of the eating, thank God I did enough research to finally concede to my innermost self that I was absolutely done and this food was going to kill me. And then I was willing. I was willing to go to any lengths for victory and um, to not be overwhelmed with fear anymore, to face life on life's terms, to show up a day at a time. And to see these new opportunities that God brings to me, you know, God's not doing to me, God's doing for me. And I see that in this thing called life now. But, you know, I've almost been with my company for three years, and that's amazing. I couldn't last three days because of the anxiety and the fear of a new job. And to be able to walk through 
and to grow through this beautiful life. It just so blows my mind. And, you know, we've been talking lately about recovered. We say we're recovered because we no longer see food as an option. Thank you, God. Because that's why this fear has been lifted. It comes, but it doesn't grip and hold me anymore. I can show up. I can look the world in the eye. And the freedoms that come, I had no idea all that unfolds by simply putting down the food and saying goodbye to poison, this thing that was killing me. And then following this practical program of action, one step at a time, following it in order, doing it precisely, exactly, and then you watch what happens. So I just hope anyone who's in pain today, anyone who's still eating, just put it down, give it a try. What do you have to lose? And life is passing you by. Don't let another second be held by addiction in this, and being in this prison state. You can be free too. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger. Next up, we have Janice PM, and then she'll be followed by Larry, and he'll be followed by Melissa. Janice PM, you're up. Yes. Good morning to you, Craig, and everyone. My name is Janice PM, and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. You know, this paragraph, if you're new, and when I was new, and still today, I'm new every day because I'm powerless every day. When we sincerely took, okay, we took, so that's the past. However, each day I have to, for me, I have to take this this step. I have to remember the ABCs, who I am. I'm a compulsive overeater. I am powerless, and I, I need a power. So I'm making a decision. That's all I'm doing here. Nothing's going to happen, but make that decision because these are promises that this is written in hindsight. These are the promises, promise something's going to happen, not here in the third step. However, not in the third step, but it's going to come. If I make that the decision, to have a new power come into me, not myself. And believe you me, myself, my ego comes, comes out like, oh, I have so many op- um, operations. Yeah, I do. But I have so many tests to go through. And then my ego gets in it and says, hmm, I wonder what the result is going to be. I wonder if it's going to hurt. I wonder, 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 wonder. But then I go back and I make that decision and I trust. Because I may not believe, but I trust because he, he promised me the power is going to be flowing into me. I'm not going to become powerful. Never. I'm always powerless. So I know that. I made that. I mean, I, I, I knew it from taking step one and two. So here I'm going to make a decision on blind sight that I'm going to continue to do these steps so that I can have these promises that I have today that I can have a an October calendar with five different procedures. And they're serious procedures. But no, I, 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 I God and my higher power never promised me that I'm gonna do these steps and I'm never gonna be afraid. No, 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 no. He promised me that he will be with me to take me through these procedures or circumstances in life or death. And that's what I have to remember, to trust him. Try really using step two and step three for help, for his help. Not my help, because I can't do that. I'm powerless. 
So, and then we will become and became. See, that's the beginning. Once we make that decision to do the following steps, and, and a lot of us have recovered, but we forget, we get back into our ego, get back into our selfishness. Oh, what about me? How is it going to do? Uh, we're going to get through it, just like you got through everything else. And uh, that's what I think about being reborn, because I never thought like that. My attitude was never that. But yet I used to pray. So I don't know why I prayed if I didn't trust. So this is what I, this is my message today, that we're going to begin to lose the fear, the frustrations, the anxiety, the ego. Let's get out of, let me get out of myself, Janice, and still do what you got to do before you do those procedures. Help somebody else. Oh, read a meeting. And I will pass with that. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Janice. Okay, next up we have Larry Kay, followed by Melissa, followed by, I'm not sure if it's Linda or Brenda. So, uh, Larry, you're up. Okay, thanks, Craig. Good morning. Larry Kay recovered uh, from Chicago. You know, um, I didn't take such a position. I wasn't, I didn't find the right footing. Here, based on my experience, here's how to work the steps to not be brought to this recovered state. I'm an expert at that, so I think I could speak about that. Because I was doing work, but I wasn't getting the result. Make it transactional. Make the relationship to program transactional. In other words, a transactional relationship is where, you know, both parties are in it for themselves. And where partners do things for each other with an expectation of reciprocation. Do it that way. That's how I did it. And I was never brought to this state of this recovered state. The, um, for me, the, uh, as long as I, I could not be of service, I, I was not willing to sacrifice for others unless there was something reciprocal in nature for me. That's how I approached the steps. And actually, my transactional relationship with God was that way. I expected God to reciprocate. I will do this, and naturally, you will give me that. It was selfish. It was self-absorbed. It was self-consuming. I was, I was absorbed with myself, even when doing this work. You can find people day after day, they're crossing their T's perfectly. They are dotting their I's, and they are not being brought to a recovered state of being. What is a recovered state of being where service and self-sacrifice come naturally, just as naturally as breathing? You've been reborn. You've been, you didn't do, the, re you didn't do the, the rebirth. God did the rebirth. You just worked some steps and you followed some instructions and you followed them precisely. And then we are brought to a place where we're on new footing. And then the God of your understanding will trust you with more service and self-sacrifice. As long as it's transactional, where your sponsee must do this, then they'll get more of me. Or your sponsee, my sponsor must do this, must reciprocate with this. That's not the essence of this program and will never be changed. I know because I wasn't. With that, I pass. Thanks. All right, Larry, thank you. Um, next up, we have Melissa, followed by Linda or Brenda and followed by Barbara E. We're getting a little tight on time, so if you could uh, cut her 
a little close with your time, I'd appreciate it. Uh, Melissa? Hi, thanks. Good morning, Craig. It's Melissa, stay recovered, compulsive overeater in New York. And um, yeah, I, whenever I read anything about the losing of fear, um, I just, I just feel this need to share because um, I was terrified. I was living in a state of, of unbelievable fear. At the end of my rope, um, all I had left was this fear and it, it was I could not I couldn't shut it down I couldn't numb it out anymore and the most beautiful thing was for me the food stopped working I couldn't I couldn't quiet the anxiety it was taking over um, so that I was having panic attacks and like tunnel vision and I couldn't stop it you know I kept like trying to force myself stop being scared, stop being scared. And and I would say, well, you know, then I'm going to avoid this place or I'm going to avoid this thing. Because that's what people who have panic do. They begin to avoid the places that they're believing are causing their panic and anxiety. I was I was blaming the other things. And, and so I was trying to manage and control my fear. And you can't because what happens is it becomes everywhere. It's not just the highway. Then it becomes your bedroom, you know. And so what was it? It was me. You know, it was me that actually had to change, not my outside circumstances. And at step three, the fear doesn't get removed. Like, for me, what what this point was, was I'm done. I'm done. And and I'm going to, you know, for me, the big word was cooperate. Like, just cooperate. Stop dictating stop managing, stop arguing, and cooperate. And once I cooperated, um, you know, over time the fear has been removed, and that is incredible. Thanks for that all cast. Okay, Melissa, thank you. All right, next up, uh, my hearing is under the test here. Is it Linda or Brenda? It's Brenda Linda. No, it's Linda D. from Connecticut, Craig. Can okay, you hear me? Okay, Linda. Yeah. All thanks. right. Mel, Mel, Melanie won that bet. Okay, Linda D., <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> uh, it's Linda D. from Connecticut, and I'm so thrilled, thrilled to be in this meeting. It's blowing my mind, some of the things that have been said about fear and um and the death grip it had on my life, and um, the, I was shattered so, and had no God that I knew of. I was an atheist, and I didn't volunteer. I just didn't get it. Everywhere I looked, I didn't get it. And um, so it's remarkable as an understatement that I um, live in a fourth dimension um, and it's not science fiction. It's truly amazing grace. It, it truly is. Anything, any uh, presence, excuse me, not anything, any presence that can show up in my life on the inside and take me out of fear as a permanent way of life into love is an amazing journey. And uh, it just is going to begin here. And by the way, it continues every day. And some days 
It is very scary to grow. Someone said they're willing to grow. I'm going to do it because it's the thing to do and I'll be guided. But it's not my favorite thing, but it will be as soon as I do it. And so I'll do it. Thanks. I pass. All right. Thanks a lot, Linda. All right. Next and and last we have Barbara E. Barbara, your turn. Oh, good. I thought Brenda was before me. Well, that power is there a Brenda? <laughs> Go ahead. No, I guess not. Okay. Oh well, I'll be glad to take the last few minutes. That paragraph before the one we read where we had to pass through that triumphant arch, the central stone holding everything together. If you've ever been in St. Louis and seen the arch there, without that central stone, the whole thing would collapse. And that's what it means to me. I'm going to tell you the truth. On Saturday, the sun was shining. It was a beautiful day. I was all set to go to a wonderful face-to-face step meeting. I got in my car. I'm so careful getting out of my garage. And I managed to take the um, passenger side mirror off the car. I went right into the garage door. I thought I was being careful. I was in fear. I was self-condemning. I felt inferior, irresponsible, worried about my driving ability, incapable. I was a mess. How could I do this? What would my husband say? More we uh, more financial worries than we already have. So I picked up the phone and I called another member. And she said, Barbara, did you run over someone's car? Oh, sorry, bicycle. No. Did you run over a kid? No. Did you hit another car? No. Well, then you have a lot to be grateful for, Barbara. Why don't you just put it out of your head, make some phone calls, and just relax. And I was blessed. I got about five or six phone calls from other members who were looking for experience, strength, and hope, or perhaps a 10-step, many of them 10-step. So my whole morning, was filled with working with others. And that's what this paragraph says. More and more we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. So by the time my husband moseyed down for what he considers breakfast, and I consider lunch, at 12 o'clock, I had taken myself out of myself by working with others. And that was such a blessing And what did my wonderful husband do? He gave me several hugs, a kiss, and said, we'll fix it. Let's go down and take a look. Well, he scotch-taped it together, and I was able to go through the day using it. Whether I'll be able to use it again, I don't know. But in a prayer that's now called the OA Promise, it says, I put my hand in yours. And together we can do what we could never do alone. No longer is there a sense of hopelessness. No longer must we each depend upon our own unsteady willpower. We are all together now reaching out our hands. 
for power and strength greater than ours. And my interpretation, mine alone, is that I'm reaching up my hand to this God of my no understanding. And then it says, and as we join hands, we find love and understanding beyond our wildest dreams. And that's the fellowship. I had my God, I had my fellowship, and I could put aside my worries, which were that I was inferior, irresponsible, incapable, self-condemning. Just put it aside and let go. Thank you so much. I'll pass. All right. Thank you, Barbara. And thanks to everyone who shared. Please join us in a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for uh, today, October 22nd, and at the 7 a.m. Eastern meeting is 13,555-13555. We're now going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Um, Will uh, Anita L. please uh, read from A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Sure. Hi, this is Anita L. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.